Listen up, webmasters. Do you have the domain from GoDaddy but still don't have a design to go with it? If you want a great design to go with your great website, head over to Exalers Studios. Quality, professional graphic, and web design. Need to fix up an existing design? No problem. Exalers can do it all. Head over to their site at exalerstudios.com. That's X-A-L-E-R studios.com. All websites get a 15% discount using the code MCMuggle. What's up, MuggleCast listeners? If you want to make an impact online, GoDaddy.com has what you need. Get your own .com domain name for as low as $1.99. Plus, world-class hosting, fast and easy website builders, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code RON, that's R-O-N, when you check out, and get your .com domain name for just $6.95 a year. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Her eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. Her hair is as dark as a blackboard. I wish she was mine. She's really divine. The hero who conquered the... Oh, Micah, hey, what's going on? What are you doing there, buddy? Oh, nothing. I was just, uh, I found some poetry online. I thought I might read it, you know, check it out. Because it's, you know, coming up on Valentine's Day and all. I just thought I might get in the romantic mood. Well, that wouldn't happen to be a Valentine for anyone in particular, would it? Oh, no, no. That was just, uh, I was just, you know... Brushing up on some poetry, just in case, you know. Oh, found sure yeah. you were. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, uh, this is MuggleCast episode 76 for February 11th, 2007. Awkward. J.K. Rowling has said that Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is her favorite. What do you guys think about that? Oh my gosh. OMG. It's good enough for me. It really is. What a concrete statement. What did she think of Order of the Phoenix? I mean, a lot of people didn't like that book, so... Did she think it was her favorite? I don't remember. Didn't you do... What was Joe's favorite book prior to book seven? Half-Blood Prince, us? I think. Oh, was it? It was well, Half-Blood Prince? Well, when, when asked so. that question, I think even on her site, she replies, it's usually the most recent one you've written. But she did say this time around, she said in the past that she was particularly happy when she finished writing Prisoner of Azkaban. And that's what she compared this happiness to, only she said this one was greater. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I was going to say, after every book, wouldn't you call that book your favorite? Except for book four, because she wasn't happy with book four. Right. But, but that was one of my most favorite, actually. Yeah, same. Yeah, I liked book yeah. four. Yeah, yeah, she still did a really good job. Yeah. Well, welcome everyone to the show. It's another week of MongoCast. And Ben, you're finally back. Yeah, you know, that, that little special episode was my idea, and I wasn't even on it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sad. Half of us were saying, no, let's not do it, and you and, I guess, someone else were saying, let's do it. Hey! We got a lot to discuss on today's show, including some more Deathly Hollows discussion with the release date and everything. And we got a lot of voicemails, so I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Laura Thompson.
Micah Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News Center with past week's top Harry Potter news stories. Micah. The big news this week, Joe updated several sections of her official site. The biggest update was in her diary section where she shared her thoughts on finishing the seventh novel. She went on to say that Deathly Hollows is her favorite book of the series. And in the rumors section, she cleared up why the announcement made last week didn't sound so happy. Lastly, Joe made two updates to her FAQ section, one addressing what the other two titles she considered for book seven were, and another refusing to tell us what Deathly Hollows means, as it would give away too much of the story. And although most fans were not expecting one, a lawyer for J.K. Rowling's literary agency confirmed earlier this week that Deathly Hollows would not be released in an ebook format. The previous six Potter novels were not released as ebooks either. Concerns for releasing a legal ebook include online piracy and the desire for readers to experience the books on paper. This Sunday's edition of the New York Times featured a review of MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Harry Potter 7. You can read the full review online now. There's also a small article on the online fandom, including a blurb about MuggleCast that will accompany the review. MuggleNet visitor Daniel recently had the opportunity to speak with Mary Grand Prix, U.S. book illustrator for his school. In the interview, Mary talks about her thoughts on Deathly Hollows. She says, I'm anxious for this to be the last book as much as I've enjoyed the journey. It's nice to kind of wrap it up and celebrate it as a whole and to just kind of look back and take a deep breath and go, that was quite a ride. The 2007 Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award nominations have been announced and the Potter series is up for the favorite book category. It is competing against How to Eat Fried Worms, Island of the Blue Dolphins, and Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Voting will commence March 5th on Nickelodeon's website, and Justin Timberlake will be hosting this year's ceremony live on March 31st. Wrapping up book news, Half-Blood Prince has been named the most borrowed book in Scotland. To movie news, the February-March issue of The Saddle Club features a new interview with Rupert Grint, where he talks about the sixth film, the fandom, and recent rumors concerning Emma Watson. New photos of Tom Felton, Matthew Lewis, an MSNBC preview of Order of the Phoenix with a few new shots, and more promotional pics in high resolution are now available over on MogulNet.com. MSNBC has posted a brief interview with production designer Stuart Craig where he reveals some interesting info about the changing sets throughout the years. He also says that work for Half-Blood Prince is already underway. Quote, it has been impressive and beautiful and poignant, so I'm looking forward to doing that. He's also eager to start reading Deathly Hollows. Finally, The Times Online and The Observer have both released new interviews with Daniel Radcliffe. Of particular interest to book fans, The Observer website provides an interesting experience Dan had with Joe during one of her Order of the Phoenix set visit. He said, Joe came down to the set at one point and I said, Oh, hello, why are you here today? And she said, Oh, I just needed a break from the book. Dumbledore's giving me a lot of trouble. And he said, But isn't he dead? And Joe went on to say, Well, yeah, but it's more complex. And he said briskly, Okay, I'm not going to ask anything else. That's all the news for this February 11th, 2007 edition of MuggleCast. Happy Valentine's Day. Back to the show. All right, thank you, Micah. Uh, Okay, so Ben, we have not had a chance to get your thoughts on the release date yet. Well, however, I want to... Go ahead. Go ahead. When when you found out that morning, you were very upset. Yeah, I just didn't get it Um, because... Funny, funnily and funny enough, the the day before that, I was talking with Jamie online, and we we're talking about the summer, what's going on, and he, and he said he told me I don't see very many Harry Potter events past the summer, and I was like, oh, so book seven isn't a big event because you know I figured two thousand eight, and 
He said, well, she still could release it this summer. And I told him, I am 500% sure she will not release the book this summer. This is on January 31st. February 1st, uh, I wake up in the morning. I get a call from Emerson. Dude, the book's coming out February, uh, July 21st. Like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way. So I get on MuggleNet. I see Jamie's made the post. And yeah, then I send an email saying this has to be some kind of joke. Because I, I, I just – it's sort of like – it's like your, your number's called early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, geez, especially I know you and you and Jamie are very competitive, so I'm sure uh, you're not going to live that one down anytime. He actually soon. hasn't rubbed so it, it in yet. I'm surprised. Huh? Yeah, so, really? <laughs> so Ben, did, were you interested? Yeah. Did you want a 2008 release? Yes. Yeah. So that's what you were kind of hoping for. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think. It made... Are you excited though, Ben? <clears throat> it's sort of bittersweet. I mean, I think it's bittersweet for everybody because we don't want to see the series end. But at the same time. You know, I'm I'm eager to see the story, to see what happens, and all that good stuff. I did want to point out though that on episode fifty, and some people have pointed this out to me, but I thought they everyone had it wrong, and he was talking about Harry dying in book six. He's gonna or in book seven, he's gonna eat fifty sausages. Jamie actually said on episode fifty that if the <laughs> if the book comes out in summer two thousand seven, he would eat fifty jumbo sausages or something. I forget the direct oh, yeah. to it. Um, I didn't listen to it, but I read the transcript just to make sure. Wait, and um, <sighs> so he definitely said that. So <laughs> I don't know what his plan is. He hasn't brought this up to any one of us, so I think he's maybe hoping everyone forgot. Also, or well, he look forgot. back in some of the but, shows. For those of you who are at the live show in LA, or for the, or you hear watch the video or whatever, would someone please try to find? I guess I said that if the book comes out this summer, that I'd eat seventy-two inches of Subway. <laughs> so I'm yeah. I'm not. That's why Jamie hasn't been on these shows. He's been hiding, hoping that everyone forgets, which is also why we made sure to announce it in the announcements. Right. Yeah, the actually, the transcript for that show still isn't up yet for some reason. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, hopefully we'll have Jamie on next week. By the way, uh, I know we keep promising Jamie's going to come back, and we keep getting emails <laughs> about Jamie not coming back. Or he, th- some people think that we fired him or got rid of him just because he's been gone away. He's been away for a few weeks. And that's we, not true uh, at all. We wish. Jamie's, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. We love Jamie. That, it's not true at all. Jamie's still alive and well. He just had, has had some things to do. I know, you know, a lot of you guys like Jamie, but he'll be back, so don't don't worry about it. But moving along. Um, Laura, last week we recorded the show. Um, I brought up a theory to you about that's why right. Joe wrote on the uh, Marble Bust. And I don't know why we didn't come up with this on the show. I have no But clue. I suggested... And you supported. Maybe Joe did it uh, to make it. Uh, Joe wrote it on the marble bust to reveal the title to the world. She was hoping she didn't have to make an announcement on the site. She just wanted this to be her clever way to announce it to the world. Yeah. What do you guys think about that, Laura? I thought it was a really good idea because when you think about it, why would she have done that, thinking that it wouldn't leak out? I mean, seriously. So. I think it would have been a very humble and yet personable way to announce the release or announce that the book was finished. I agree. Yeah, that would be really cool. It also may answer why there was no big announcement on her website because she was planning on the big announcement to be from the hotel. Well, I don't, I don't really understand that. What would have happened to stop that, though? But well, yeah. Here's the other thing: the Sun didn't post this or report on the story until the day the book. Uh, release date was announced. So I'm thinking that they somehow found out about it and maybe they tried to clear it with 
with Joe's lawyers or something, and they said, wait until we announce it officially. What do you guys think about all this? Or, or I, I'm just, I just think that um, she wrote that on there for the heck of it, you know, just to sort of commemorate the type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But why wouldn't anyone notice until three weeks later? Now, is this in the hotel? This isn't the, is the room, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe someone thought it was a joke. Probably, I guess. I mean, it was written on, like, the back of it from the way it looked. Eric? Okay, I think it's particularly significant, though, that it was the, the uh, bust of Hermes, the Greek god Hermes, because um, I'm, I'm reading – well, I, I, just for fun, I went on Wicca and looked up Hermes, and it said he's the Olympian god of boundaries and of the travelers who cross them. Uh, as well as uh, as well as uh, shepherds and cowherds of orators and wit of literature and poets. Um, so he's like the god of literature and poets and crossing boundaries. And surely the Harry Potter series, if it's done one thing, it's broken all the records. Yeah, Cross there's the a couple of funny things here. That, um, actually, some uh, visitors, visitors of Mangalnet posted on the Mangalnet comments about what they think about this, and. Uh, one uh, user, Muggle at UniV, wrote that uh, uh, she pointed out the Hermes reference too. She says uh, he was a messenger between the gods and humans, and now the messenger between JKR and us. He invented fire, and her and and here's the most important clue: Hermes also served as a psychopomp or an escort for the dead to help them find their way to the afterlife, the underworld, and the Greek myths. Um, and then she goes on to say, I believe some of our theories have just been proved. Moreover, he was the son of Zeus, to whom he was extremely loyal. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, but when you think about it, I mean, you know, it, it was a, she didn't know going into this room that there was going to be a marble bust of Hermes in this room. Why? No, hold on, though. Hold on, though. Why would she be writing in a hotel room to begin with? Well, we sort of talked about this last week. I mean, she's written outside of her her own home a lot, and uh, some suggested that since it, we didn't talk about this last week actually, since it is relatively close to uh, the cafe, she started writing the books in. She wanted to write it or finish writing it in an area that was close to the cafe, and obviously she probably wouldn't have been able to go to the cafe without you know covering herself up and getting noticed. Oh, plus that cafe doesn't exist anymore. That too. <laughs> It's yeah, now a uh, Chinese restaurant. I mean, so unless she wanted to go and get some, uh, you know, fortune cookies and whatever else they uh, have there. Well, I don't think that – I don't think she went into that room just because she she chose this hotel because it has a marble bust of Hermes. I don't think that proves any no. theories. Sorry. Well, there is there is a voicemail. There is a voicemail on this. It is it is a coincidence. However, she might have gotten the idea to write on the marble bust because she saw that it was Hermes. I'm sure it's probably labeled or something. I would think so. She'd be like, "Hmm, Hermes is the uh, messenger." Or she, she's pretty well, smart. She probably I hear, so recognized she might know. it. Yeah, she might recognize it. I don't know. <laughs> or or recognized it. Whatever. I don't know if she had a picture of him in her head. Uh, another interesting fact, though, she was in room six fifty two. And uh, if you're not reading the uh, outline of the show we have, do you guys know what is significant about the number 652? Number I'm reading of pages the show. And... Number of pages in Half-Blood Prince. That's a little is fun fact Is that UK or US? US. US. It's US. Yeah. 
Well, interesting. Then, Again, probably a complete coincidence. Some people are like, "Ooh, 652. That must mean that uh, that's how many pages there's going to be in the book." Well, it's not like <laughs> she, you know, when she booked the room, she was like, "Okay, I think I'm going to have this many pages." It's like she knows she booked she booked 625 through 660, just in case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she can move. She can move to the right true. room. Yeah, yeah. And she knows yeah. after it's that typed is- up how many pages it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it all goes with typesetting and all sorts of. They won't know that for a little while yet. Yeah, for, for and, sure. Uh, of course, Micah asked, and Joe, uh, Joe delivered. I completely screwed. Yeah, Joe delivered. Yes, um, she made a news update in her diary saying that uh, Deathly Hollows is her favorite. I think she answered That's all good. of us actually. I think she was talking directly Thanks. directly to Thanks, all of us. I mean, Micah. she was really – she really um, – last week and the week before or on the mini episode, I think we all kind of agreed that it was kind of eerily you know, uh, cold or, or Joe's actual wording was absent in the explanation or explanation was lacking in, in the date and things like this. But now she updated what? Her diary, a bunch of rumors, some trash bin things. Yeah. Well, she directly addressed why uh... – why it wasn't a big announcement. She didn't say exactly why, but she said that don't what um she said any brevity in my announcement was down to the fact that I was busy editing. Yeah. And uh, and then you, and she said she was very excited about the release date. As well. She took our concerns and really truly did, I think, address them and appropriately and fittingly as well. Um yeah, another uh a uh, visitor of Magonet pointed out that now this again could be another coincidence, but it's all kind of or fun facts uh, about uh, the location of the Balmoral Hotel. It's on a street it's called a Prince's Street, and uh, this poster on Mogonet Artemis like Lycos wrote, "I'm a bit surprised that nobody has taken Prince's Street to its next logical step." That word is a pure uh, plural, folks. We know from the sixth book that Snape may fancy himself a prince, but he isn't really one. So could this mean that we should be looking for another prince? <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. I agree with Ben. <laughs> stop. I agree okay. with Ben. Stop making they're, all these connections, uh... please. <laughs> they're cool. <laughs> they're cool, but don't, but don't <laughs> think they're real, though. I mean, if something there, happens, there are it's only mere so coincidence. many. Right. Say Joe did manage to either plan on, you know, the the bust of Hermes or the room number or just go to the hotel because it's on Princess Street. I think it's logical that only one and and maybe both ha- – like the question is how many – not all of them could be true. Not all of them can be intended. I really don't think there's a way, you know, uh, that Joe would have known that a statue of Hermes would be in room f- two, 652. And I didn't know that you know that she would say I need room 652 and happen to find the statue of Hermes there. And the truth is, she could have just gone to the hotel because it was on Prince's Street, or she could have just gone to the hotel looking for a bust of Hermes. You don't know. I mean, it could be. Or she could have worked at the hotel. Or it wasn't any of them. Like <laughs> or it wasn't any of them. Exactly. I mean, what are the odds of a Prince's Street room 652 and a bust of Hermes? I mean, yes, the connections are brilliant. But I really, really want to stress that JKR is, or at least I think so, human. And incapable of that much. Uh, I don't know. These could be. I sorry, Ben, but I, I do think maybe the uh, the Marble Bus could be a little little hint or a little suggestion, a little suggestion of what to expect. Just because you're wrong. Maybe she got the idea <laughs> from seeing the Marble Bus. Okay, well, yeah, coming from the guy who was 500 percent sure that yeah. the books that oh, was coming out in that <laughs> I'm gonna be using that one for a while, by the way. But um, dude. Uh, 
you, you go back to the, go back to the previous shows. There was one show before that where I said the book would be released yeah, June yeah. June of two thousand seven. So I was pretty uh, darn close. Actually, there's another one where I said July fifteenth, and then you made fun of me like two days after the movie. <laughs> and then yeah, look at it, look at the movie in your face, Andrew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Uh, so there you go. Some little uh, food for thought there. And I still stand by my uh, publicity stunt theory. Maybe not a publicity stunt, but uh, a unique way of announcing that the book is finished. Something just went awry, clearly. Yeah, I think that's a definite possibility. We have a few announcements now. Uh, we want to remind everyone that uh, Ben, Micah, Jamie, and I will be at Enlightening 2007 at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, from July 12th to July 15th. We're going to be doing a live podcast there, and also we're going to be doing a special workshop on how to create your own podcast. We'll be talking to everyone about how we create MuggleCast on a week-to-week basis, which, trust me, is not easy, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we encourage everyone to go to enlightening2007.org. It's a family it's, – it's a unique Harry Potter conference because it's, it's designed for families. Adults can go and bring their kids, and there's going to be different areas. Areas of the conference for kids and, and what adults dates are those and mixing. July twelfth to the fifteenth, uh, and we want to remind everyone to dig us on dig.com/podcast and to also vote for us once a month in Podcast Alley. Once again, we're doing well on Podcast Alley, so we thank everyone who's been voting for us uh, at both websites, and uh, you can find links to vote for us at mugocast.com. And Ben. We haven't done that for this in a while. Uh, Mangonet.com's is there a new title now? I think I saw. No. Well, it's called the Deathly Official Death or Unofficial Deathly Hallows Analysis. Not just that, but it's not. It's not who lives, who dies, uh, who falls in love, and how the adventure will finally end. Is it? Didn't they change it? No. On the borders thing, it it had a different title. But okay. Uh, So Ben, there's going to be a big article in the New York Times this week. Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday there's a book review for us. Um, it's awesome. Go out and buy the book, please. It's great. It's New York Times agrees with us, I think. I hope hopefully they should. But also, I did an interview with the New York Times earlier this week. Um, it, it's going to be on their podcast, which I'm searching right now to see if it's on there or not. So yeah, go. I'm on the New York Times podcast this week, uh, the New York Times book review podcast. Excuse me. There is um, – it's about a five to ten minute interview or so. I talk about what Mugglehead is and things like that. So you go check me out on the New York Times. Yeah, Cool stuff. All right. So that's that. We have a rebuttal to get to now. Um, this is about Dudley having his magical abilities. We talked to, uh, about this a little bit last week and I wanted to talk about it a little bit more because I started rereading Half-Blood Prince uh, the other day and uh, – an email or actually someone a few people pointed out uh in an interview what you had to say about uh Dudley and is there more to Dudley than what meets the eye and she replied no what you see is what you get I'm happy to say that he's definitely a character without much backstory he's just Dudley the next book Half-Blood Prince is the least that you see of the Dursleys you see them quite briefly you see them a bit more in the final book but you don't get a lot of Dudley in book 6 very few lines I am sorry if there are Dudley fans out there but I think you need to look at your prior priorities if it is Dudley that you are looking forward to and then she laughs uh, she laughs about it um, so from this, 
what I gather, and tell me what you guys think, basically what she's saying there is Dudley, uh, Dursleys don't play a big role in book seven, and that really means that there really couldn't be more to Dudley. Yeah. Well, I don't really know that we won't learn something more about the Dursleys, because we're supposed to, at least about Petunia, but I think that pretty much confirms that what we see is what we get with Dudley, that he's just kind of a stupid bully. That's pretty much it. And... I do want to say, um, I'm sure there were rebuttals and things, um, but when I was when JKR updated her facts, I noticed that she also had already pre-answered that Petunia will not show magical ability at all in the series. She actually did deny that. Mm-hmm. So I was I neglected to see or hear about that until last episode. So yeah, that's fixed now. Uh, I will no longer speculate. Yeah. And Laura, I believe it was you. Well, I want to talk about a little bit more. Laura, I believe it was you last week. You pointed out a quote in the uh, beginning of Half-Blood Prince when Dumbledore is visiting with the Dursleys. Right. Um, we were we didn't have the exact quote, but I was rereading it, and it still strikes it's still me weird, as isn't it? hinting that. Yeah, let me read it. Uh, Dumbledore says, The best that can be said is that he, Harry, has at least escaped the appalling damage you have inflicted upon the unfortunate boy sitting between you. Both Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon looked around instinctively as though expecting to see someone other than Dudley squeezed between them. Us, mistreat Dudders, would you? Began Uncle Vernon furiously, but Dumbledore raising his finger for silence, a silence which fell as though he had struck Uncle Vernon dumb. Um, I think... So- I think that the, like the damage that was done to Dudley. Is that what you're getting ready? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it has a lot to do with the way they've spoiled him and the way they've sheltered him. I mean, I don't know if there's any. I mean, there, there could be something deeper than that, but at face value, that's what it looks like. That the fact that they have sort of that was very you know well said, I mean? Ben. I think what's interesting is that Dumbledore says that he has at least escaped the appalling damage, meaning he got because they wouldn't Harry. He got out of. Uh, the Dursleys trying to hide that he was a wizard. Whereas, if he didn't escape, he wouldn't have been spoiled. Yeah, but... Well, no. I think, escape I think it means... also refer to the fact that they were terrible to him, but they spoiled Dudley. And so this well, yeah, way... Yeah, it's could. sort of like that. The way, I, the way I think it is, is that the way, the way they're talking about Harry is that through Harry's hardships and being treated like crap, basically, he's learned that life isn't easy and that you have to persevere in order to succeed and he doesn't take anything for granted when Dudley on the other hand takes a lot for granted but you know he could be magical I don't know so true um yeah although I really I think what what Joe does say not seeing much of the Dursleys pretty much all but gives away that we're not going to be seeing something big like that going on but like you said Laura still a big revelation about yeah, we haven't so. really heard anything about her, so there's got to be something. It's strange. It's strange. Um, and then also, Brandon15 of uh, Fresno wrote in about Dudley. He says, in the latest episode, it is debated if Dudley's worst fear is if he is a wizard or a squib, or if he has done magic. But this cannot be possible because only wizards yeah, and squibs true. can see Dementors, and Dudley could not see them in an alleyway. Um, is, that not, is that necessarily true, though? Yeah, I don't think it was ever specifically... Said, said that Dudley you have to see a wizard. That, well, no. Because maybe, maybe you have to believe they exist. That he couldn't see them? Or something. No, I think so, because when they were in court, um, Maybe you have to Fudge. acknowledge the magical world. Maybe that's what it is. Because squibs maybe. can't do magic, but they can still see them. So they're, they're, as, they're as useful as a muggle. Or wait, wait, squibs can't see them. 
Yeah, they can't. They can't. No, they can't. Uh, what's Didn't... her name? Miss Fig couldn't see him. I thought she said she could. No, I thought she was freaking out. Or maybe out she was she lying. Couldn't. No, don't you remember she was freaking out because uh, she said, I know what they are. Wasn't she? Yeah, but it seems like when they were in court, Fudge was being kind of disparaging towards Squibs, and he said, can Squibs even see Dementors? And she got very flustered, and she was like, yeah, we can. So I don't know if she, right, was, she was making lying, it up she was to lying cover there. Perry's case. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, right after the incident happened, right after the incident I'm, happened, I'm looking at the lexicon. One. It says that they can't see Dementors. Okay, cleared up. Okay, but yeah, the um, unless JKR cleared it up, I think the book actually leaves it open for us to think because. It doesn't necessarily say that Fig could, couldn't see the Dementors, but we get yes, the impression it, I think from it, I her. I think it's clarified, and in, in, uh, I think it, she makes it clear in the opening chapter, or opening two chapters of Order of the Phoenix, that they can't, because Arabella Fig, um, I think Harry asks her. I mean, Andrew, do you have a copy of the book near you? Well, no, that, that's, the that's the confusing yeah. thing. When she was asked to describe them, me. she couldn't. You know, she, she, did, she did rather badly, rather poorly in the courtroom of describing the mentors. Um, but she told Fudge, the Wizard Gamo, that Squibs could see them, and maybe they could, but maybe it's an instance, maybe it's a case of the fact that Fig didn't. Maybe she was just too far down the street to see the mentors, but normally Squibs No, but she didn't know yeah, how they moved. But... She, no, she couldn't describe how they moved, though. That was the thing. She couldn't well, describe no, she did, their motions she? when they moved. No, she, she incorrectly described it. He said, I saw Dementor running or something like that. Oh, and Dementors yeah. glide. Yeah. But didn't she, whenever the whole thing was over, didn't she come running up and say, come on, get because up before she, they come back or something? Like, how would she have known what was going on if she couldn't see? Well, because if if they were gone, if it, Harry right. wouldn't be just sitting there, you know, and she, yeah, the, she wouldn't feel the, their strain that they put on your body or whatever. Yeah. Back to the original question. Um, but, I mean, this also raises the question – could I mean it's hard to think that Dudley would pretend to not be able to see them, but it was never specifically stated anyway that he couldn't see yeah, them. Yeah, right? no. he was just he was just it saying what's that? that what's he that? was feeling something, right. but he didn't know what it was coming from or where it was coming. Well, from. yeah, you know, he obviously just felt something. I I, I I think that they can't see him. He felt like he would never be happy again. Yeah. Okay. Well. Guess that answers that. We have a rebuttal now from Courtney, 15 of England. She writes, Hi, MuggleCast. I was listening to episode 75, and you were discussing a passage from chapter 1 of Goblet of Fire. You read out the passage and quoted Wormtail as saying, If we proceeded, if I murder, end quote. I looked back at this passage, and Wormtail actually says, quote, unquote, If I curse. Just thought I'd mention it as this gives a whole new meaning to your discussion, as Wormtail is most likely talking about putting the Imperious Curse on Crouch Sr., Love the show. You guys are great, Courtney. Um, I don't know how we got the wrong quote in there. It almost seems like it did say Anyone murder. Anyone have books near Just from remembering reading the book. <laughs> I Maybe don't I'm wrong, but... Okay, so we looked into this, and the English... The U.S. version is murder, but since she lives in England, uh, it says if I curse apparently no but so that's maybe it's i mean does curse mean the murder? type of curse they're implying no. england i don't maybe think prior so. to that they implied hmm. the killing curse and therefore they didn't have to say yeah that's true what kind of harry potter fans are we we don't even own the uk versions <laughs> i do i know but I'm, well i could go get it 
Do you want me to? Yeah, I, I own the UK version, but it's I don't think it's with me. Okay, well, there, there's a little interesting tid- tidbit for everyone. Not sure what that means, but interesting stuff that these translations can give away. All right, now, as everyone might remember, a few weeks ago, we started our Deathly Hollows Theory Contest, where we asked everyone to send in your Deathly Andrew, Hollows Andrew, theories. Andrew, 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 it's Hallows. What? Yeah. Not Hollows. Hallows. Hallows. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Hallows. Deathly Hallows. Even calling it Hollows. Since because I like calling it Hollows. Well, yeah. Can I change it? Not even... Can I get everyone to start Deathly Hollows? Yeah. There's... So it's Hallows. Deathly, Deathly Hallows. That's confusing. <laughs> so here they are now, our favorite Deathly Hallows <laughs> three contest winner dingers. Hey, MuggleCast, it's Karen from Marymount, Ohio, and I have a Deathly Hallows theory. On page 604 of the U.S. hardcover edition of Half-Blood Prince, Snape says to Harry, You dare use my own spells against me, Potter? It was I who invented them. I, the Half-Blood Prince. And you turn my inventions on me, like your filthy father? This could mean that James used Snape's old potions book to hurt him. It could hint that he almost killed Snape more than once. I think we will probably learn more about this in book seven. I absolutely adore the show, and Jamie, you're my favorite. Bye! Hello, MuggleCast. I'm Cece, 13, from Massachusetts. And I have an answer to your book, um, Deathly Hallow Theory Contest, that you announced in episode 73. My theory is that I was looking online, and I found that Hallows is most of the time associated with All Hallows' Eve, more commonly known as Halloween. On this time, and the theory, of course, originated in Scotland, Britain, Ireland, which is, is where Hogwarts is. Um, and it's that time that magic is at its worst and most potent and magical. That makes me think that maybe Voldemort had some special spell or something or that he needs to complete only on that day. Maybe he's going to make his last Horcrux on that day. Um, I was just wondering what you thought. It also makes sense that maybe on Halloween, that would be when the final battle was. Hey, uh, Muggles Casters. This is San Mateo from California. And I'm just calling in about the contest, you know. Uh, my thoughts on the ending of seven, book seven will be that it will come down to Harry and Snape and Malfoy. And Voldemort, having let all of his followers out of Azkaban, will try and take over Hogwarts. He'll succeed, probably killing some people in his path, but he will succeed. And then it will come down to a matchup between Malfoy and his father. Now, I know it's slightly unlikely, but I have a feeling that he has a lot of hatred for his father. Then it'll come down to Snape, Harry, and Voldemort. Snape will eventually uh, go over to Voldemort, pretend he's on his side, disable Voldemort's wand, Harry will then use it. That'll cancel out the Priori Incantatum effect, or the other wand, as you were saying on the show. And Harry will be able to defeat him, and after that, I don't know what will happen. The rest of the Order will be fighting off the other people as it goes along. That's my thoughts. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to email me, thank you. Hey, guys. I'm calling in for the... Uh... Deathly Hallows theory thing. Um, my theory is a familiar one, but I have a different take on it. My theory is that the Hallows are, um, like, the, the souls that Voldemort has killed, 
And I think it's because of the foreign translations of the title, where instead of hallows, they use saints. And I think of it as All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Um, I think that these people will somehow help Harry on his quest, maybe guide him to special places or tell him something about weakness of Voldemort or whatever. And I don't think that like people will come back to life, but I do think that somehow they will get a hold of him. Um, and yeah, so love the show. Keep up the great work. Bye-bye. Hey, Michael Cass, this is Samay from Minnesota calling in with the Deathly Hallows theory. I think that Deathly Hallows may be referring to an old church in London called All Hallows by the Tower. I think so because when Harry and Dumbledore are leaving Slughorn, they stop at an old church to apparate. That's page 75 of the hardcover U.S. edition of Half-Blood Prince. I think that this is one of the here's foreshadows or hints. All Hallows by the Tower could be either the resting place of one of the Horcruxes, or the site of another significant event. Okay, that's all. Thanks. Bye. Hi, MogulCast. Um, I have a couple of theories for Deathly Hallows. Hallows means to respect, so maybe someone respecting a certain person or thing could die. Like, for example, Bellatrix. She respects Voldemort a lot, and she might die, like have a big death scene in Deathly Hallows because of this respect and the loyalty that comes with it. I have another theory too. There's, uh, this is kind of obvious, but Deathly Hallows could be referring to Voldemort himself because part of his soul is still in his body, and the soul might be the holy object, and he is obviously Deathly. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Michael Cass, I'm Jason from Georgia, and I'm calling to tell you my view on Deathly Hallows. Prefix hallow in science means salt, and I know that witches are prevented from performing magic if there is a ring of salt around them. Salt can also be harmful to witches as well. This could fit because the title of book 7 has the prefix hallow in hollows, or hallows, obviously, and salt can be deadly to witches. It is just a theory, take it for what it's worth, Laura Mallory is definitely a stain on the state of Georgia. Pickles rock, thanks, Jason. Hi, this is Crystal, 13, from Arlington Heights, Illinois. My theory on the Deathly Hallows is that it's a kind of cleansing or purification process. I think this because the definition of hallow is to sanctify or consecrate. Right now, Harry is consumed with hate and anger, and we know that he needs love to defeat Voldemort. Pure, unadulterated love. Like the kind of Satan when he was a year old. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Hey, MuggleCast, this is Jeff from Iowa. This is my theory in response to the contest mentioned in episode 73. I was recently watching Disney's Hocus Pocus, and there was a line in there that witches cannot set foot on hallowed ground. This got me thinking about how the Deathly Hallows could be a place of hallowed ground, so I did some research. Hallowed ground refers to holy ground, generally a place where there has been deaths or burial grounds. The most common example of hallowed ground in American history is the stretch of battlefield from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania to Charlottesville, Virginia from the American Civil War. If a battlefield where so much blood was shed is hallowed ground, is it not plausible that there is somewhere in the wizarding world where there was a great battle, perhaps the battlefield of the first war with Grindelwald? If there is such a place, I think Voldemort would be drawn to this place and perhaps conceal the Horcrux. 
I tend to lean more towards the place where the final battle between Harry and Voldemort will become known as the Deathly Hallows. I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Hi, this, I'm Marina Marshall from Roseville, Michigan. This is my theory on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I've researched many literary references to Hallows, and I found something that might be useful. In the Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's a fictional building called the House of the Kings. The House of the Kings was located in Hallows on the fifth level of the Minas Trinus. This was the burial place for the kings of Gondor. Cemeteries are also said to be on hollow grounds. This may be the reason for the name in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. According, according to dictionary.com, one of the definitions of hollows is to respect or honor greatly, revere. Perhaps the hollows are the burial sites of the four founders. Would they not be considered the kings and queens of Hogwarts? They perhaps in the wizarding world are the most respected and honored. This may give us some insight on the Horcruxes also. If Voldemort was looking for items of their personal nature, also why Goblet was taking place, I heard that J.K. Rowling made a comment about the placement of the graveyard to director Mike Newell, saying that that one is not on Hogwarts grounds. Is it just me, or does it sound like there's more than one? There, however, is a quote that I received secondhand. I remember my friend telling it, to me a few weeks ago and it supported my theory. I'm still looking for evidence that it actually exists. Thanks. Hey Muggle Casters, I'm Trish16 from Pennsylvania. I was just calling about the Deathly Hollows theory contest. As I was studying for my English midterm, I had to make flashcards for my vocab words. As I was mindlessly copying them out, I came across a word that stopped me in my tracks. It read, consecrate, to set apart for a specific purpose, to make holy, hollow. What really interested me was this first part of the definition, to set apart for a specific purpose. I did a little research, and it turns out that the Israelites first coined this word holy. However, it didn't always mean sacred. It meant to separate from the ordinary. At that moment, everything became limpid, an adjective meaning to clear or transparent. Is it at all possible that the deathly hollows refers to hairy, hollowed, or, as the prophecy says, marked? Hope you guys are as ardent about this theory as I am. Ardent being an adjective, meaning very enthusiastic or impassionated. Well, it just goes to show, maybe a little vocab isn't that bad after all. Love you guys. Um, hi, this is Cynthia, and I'm from Kentucky. And I have been hearing some theories going around about Harry that, or, or that Harry was actually the one who was at Godric Hollow on that Halloween night in 1981. Um, after thinking about it, this makes perfect sense to me, because when you see the Sorcerer's Stone movie, it looks like that scene is being witnessed by an onlooker. Yet, in all of the books, they are written in or from Harry's point of view, and this scene just does not seem to be in Harry's point of view. But, after thinking about this theory, I think truly it was, or has been written from his point of view, because the present-day Harry used a time-turner to return to that night and actually warned his parents that Baldy was coming. Remember, James said he's coming like he was not at all surprised that Voldemort was coming. So then James told Harry to get under the invisibility cloak and Harry then witnessed his mother being murdered. This was the hardest thing Harry's ever done, but he knew he couldn't change his mother's murder because his, it would change his whole future. After the murders, I think there was some kind of struggle with future Harry and possibly some Death Eaters. 
and that is why the Harry's house, that is why the Potter's house was destroyed. We, after all, we've never seen the Vatican destroy a whole house. After that, I think that Harry went to, to the Dumbledore of the past and told him what needed to be done with baby Harry and what had happened at the house and told him what was going to happen in the future as well. And also, he at that time gave Dumbledore the cloak so Dumbledore could give it to the future Harry in the future at his first year at Hogwarts. Anyway, that's kind of the way I think it's going to happen. So thank you very much. Bye. Hi, MuggleCast. This is Jessica. I'm 16. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And um, I'm calling with my own Deathly Hallows theory. So when developing my theory, I was particularly interested in studying the meanings of the two words Deathly and Hallows. Um, Deathly is something that has the appearance of death. death. And Hallows, which has no dictionary definition as is, I used hallow, which as a verb form is to make or set apart as holy. In my opinion, this has to refer to Horcruxes. Splitting one's soul resembles death, and Voldemort's Horcruxes are the most sacred thing to him ever. However, I don't believe the meaning of this title stops here. The word hallows was used as it was for a reason, and this was to refer to the four hallows of Tuatha de Danann, which I found while studying, while researching the four hallows of Arthurian legend. I believe these to be the key to the identity of the four founders' Horcruxes. The first artifact is the Pole of Combat, which is Ravenclaw's wand. The second, the Cauldron of Kira Hufflepuff's Cup. The third, the Stone of Destiny, which is a stone in Slytherin's ring. Finally, we have the Sword of Light. However, I don't think Gryffindor's sword is a Horcrux. I think Gryffindor had a shield that went with that sword, and that's where Voldemort put his Horcrux. Lastly, I'd like to add that your discussion about the Hangman led me to one final conclusion. The Hangman refers to Harry. However, I'm not entirely sure he's going to die. I think his sacrifice may ultimately be the act of killing Voldemort, in which case his soul will be torn in two. For some, this act means nothing, but to Harry, it will mean a lot more. So, thanks for listening. I love the show, especially Jamie. Bye. Hello, everyone. My name is Amy, and this is my submission for the one-minute theory. The more I research, the more I believe that Deathly Hallows refers to the Horcruxes themselves. And yes, I'm basing this on Arthurian legend. I know, big shocker, right? Well, there's more to it than that. We can't deny that the Harry Potter series has been laced with King Arthur influences. Chamber of Secrets screams Excalibur. I would like to point out another Arthurian connection that interests me. Taliesin was advisor and chief harper of King Arthur. But more than that, he became obsessed with becoming immortal. He believed that the Hallows of Logris were the keys to immortality. When researching Taliesin, I came across several literary works in which Taliesin is a main character. The Dark is Rising is a five-book series by Susan Cooper published throughout the 60s and 70s. The books follow a young boy named Will who discovers on his 11th birthday that he is destined to seek the signs before the final battle with the Lord of the Dark. In these books, the signs are a set of six circles quartered by crosses. The six signs are each made of a different material and represent a different element. In the presence of these, the dark is powerless. I know this theory isn't exactly answering all of the burning questions the fandom has, and I know the whole King Arthur theory isn't exactly original, but I do believe this puts a different spin on it. Let me know what y'all think. 
Alright, so there you go. Congrats to everyone who uh, had their theory just aired. And don't forget, we want everyone to go to MuggleCast.com and vote for their th- favorite theory. And we'll give everyone, let's say, two weeks to vote. No, one week to vote. And then we'll announce the winners on episode 77. Episode 77, yeah. Alright, Laura, we got some more voicemails this week. Goody. Okay, uh, wait, Andrew, before you get to the voicemails, I am going to go. I have uh, Oh, Eric. Yeah, I know. I uh, was invited to go water skiing, actually, so... That will. Uh, oh well, I'm, I'm glad to be. know uh, water skiing takes priority over uh, muckle cast. That's y- good. Yeah, and um, so you know, I'm just blending in, doing the kiwi things. So uh, it's it's one of those. No, really, it's fine. No, go ahead. No, don't okay, please. Okay, don't worry cool. About it. Uh, I'm Eric Skull. Cheers. Bye. Let's get started. Hey, muckle cast. This is Melanie from North Carolina, and my question is: Do you think that um, now that Torch is um, getting together with Lupin, do you think that Umbridge would try to sabotage their? Um, relationship, um, just something to think about. Yeah, later. Bye. No. I don't think so. Why, Ben? Why, why would she care? I mean, what's... Well, I think the point she's trying to make is that Tonks is an Auror and uh, Lupin is a werewolf, and she's passed all sorts of laws against werewolves, codes and such, that make it hard for him to get a job. And I think what Melanie's trying to say is that Umbridge might feel that Tonks might share privileged information with him and he might in turn betray them because he's a werewolf. But I don't think so. I think Lupin's done enough to to align himself with the order that that really wouldn't matter. Well, I, I, I don't I, I doubt, think I doubt Umbridge would care. I don't think they have the power to restrict that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, I think my thing is now. I don't even think it has anything to do with the order. I think it's just that the ministry has been so discredited in the last book that no one's going to give. That's true. Yeah. I have to think of a polite way to say this. No one's going to care <laughs> what they have to say. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of you know in war. Oftentimes, the law of the land goes out the window, even though this is a love relationship. (laughs) Hi, Wellcast. This is Jess from Florida. Uh, In Joe's recent diary entry, she said we will still have much to speculate after book seven. And I know in the past, she has contradicted herself by saying that she's going to tie up all loose ends. I was wondering if, (laughs) if she was just trying to make us feel better. Uh, with our separation anxiety or if she is really leaving things open. Thanks. I love your show and I'm sorry. I'm a little sick, so pardon my snuffles. Okay, bye. Um, I don't know how that's making everyone feel better. Yeah, I don't I think guess no, if, And I don't if think you she'd just lie. Want to be able to... Yeah, no, she's definitely not lying. I mean, let's face it, you can't close everything. No, I think, it's the, impossible. I think the point is she's going to close up all of the pivotal like points that she all of, yeah get. all of the important stuff i think that the kind of stuff that she's talking about is still being able to speculate about will be more inconsequential yeah things well i i think i still think it'd be cool if she left one maybe not huge thing but one thing open that could get a, a wide amount of speculation not so much a cliffhanger but just Something she knows. She knows what the fans like doing. They love obviously speculating. So just leave a couple things open that aren't so small, but you know could be discussed for a while. I don't know what exactly. Yeah, but um, again, this is the woman who said that she wants to tie it up so that nobody else can ever come back 
and write a sequel when she's dead a hundred years from now, or... But you still can. You can write yeah, prequels always... and... Yeah. Yeah, but I think that... I think she wants to wrap prequels up all the, the... sequels. Big stuff. Yeah. No, I think the big stuff will be, but... I think... You know, what's her exact quote? I have no clue. She says, we'll still have much to speculate about, so I don't see Joe leaving just the little things. I think there might be one or two interesting topics to discuss still. And, and I, we'll Yeah, I, I think that show. that's going to be the fact just because it's impossible to touch every piece of information that she laid out there. You know, yeah, if I she mean, kept going yeah. back and trying to tie up these loose ends that it just completely wouldn't work. don't flow with the story. Exactly. It's going to make it for a crappy book. Hi, Mugglecasters. This is Dana, 14, from Iowa. I was calling in regards to the Deathly Hallows title. I was looking in my dictionary, and I noticed that Hallows had two entries, one meaning to revere or to make holy, but the other one basically saying that it's an alternate spelling for Hallow, H-A-L-L-O. So I looked that up in my, my dictionary, and I found that it is basically a cry used in hunting or a shout or an exultation. And I got to thinking, deathly cry, and I thought that this might pertain to the voices that Harry and Luna can hear inside or beyond the veil. I was wondering what you think about this. Thanks. Love the show. I don't know. The first thing I think of when I think of deathly cry is Lily. Like, whenever Harry hears her screaming, whenever he's near yeah. the Dementors. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's a good guess. I mean, it's but... possible, but we're we're still speculating. I mean, she said to herself that she's not going to tell us what the meaning of Hallows is because it would give too much away. Yeah. Well, so. imagine if she told us who the Half Blood Prince was. Right. Like, what? Yeah. yeah I, I would give you more confusing than anything. Yeah. 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 But I mean, what can a deathly cry do? I mean, pretty much everything we've talked about on the show makes sense, but I don't see what a cry could do. That's how uh, yeah. Harry's going to kill Voldemort. <laughs> He's just going to let out a cry. battle cry. <laughs> yeah. Voldemort. <laughs> His head is going to explode or something like that. I just hope that Deathly Hallows is... Uh, Hallows, 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 That's what I said. You said Hallows. You did say Hallows. Hallows. There you go. Hallows, right? Yes. Hallows. I definitely said whatever. I, um, I just hope that Deathly... Ha- <laughs> you <laughs> Jersey people, you uh, can't say anything, right? <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just hoping the Deathly Hallows get it right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm just gonna record a sound clip of it and just <laughs> edit it in every time. Uh, we'll have a more important significance than Half Blood Prince because that just seemed like sort of a letdown, and we were misguided from the beginning when, uh, when Joe on our website she posted that quote. He looks like a scraggly old lion or whatever she said. But she was talking about screaming. Why did you feel so, misled by that? Because people well, because made everyone it out assumed to be it was the half blood huge. Well, yeah. that I mean, that's I don't know. Well, I didn't what I'm think saying it is was half that would have been too easy. Half, but half blood <laughs> prince was it helped the the book helped Harry, but it wasn't the main focus. I don't know. It just didn't seem right. Yeah, but remember we said that it could come into play later, and that's why the book. No, the Half Blood Prince. Oh, the, yeah, uh, that's that is true because Joe says it's, it's basically a two part 
series. Right. Or we've said, but yeah. So, okay. Raina from Ohio says, When I was rereading Chamber of Secrets in the Air of Slytherin chapter, I noticed something sort of cool. As Harry is wanting help, he keeps wishing for something to save him. He then pulls the sword of Gryffindor out of the sorting hat. If items of the four founders are the remaining Horcruxes, is it possible that they're inside the sorting hat? I doubt it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think the reason I doubt this is because when asked if the sorting hat was a Horcrux on her site, Joe said that Horcruxes do not um, make shows of themselves singing in front of crowded rooms of people. And I think that would kind of apply to uh, having Horcruxes hidden inside of it, too. Not to mention access to the sorting hat. Yeah. You have yeah. to remember to that. mention. It's a lot of stuff to fit in the hat. And wasn't uh, Dumbledore headmaster at the time when Tom Riddle went off and started creating the Horcruxes? Yes. So it's yeah. not likely that Tom Riddle snuck into... The di- and the diary didn't come out of the... Yep, that's true. Right. Sorting and, and it's not likely ring. that... Uh, and the ring yeah. didn't come no. out of the sorting hat. The, the locket didn't come out of the sorting hat. So. Yeah. I think, again, that would be too easy if you had them all hidden it in would, one place. Definitely. Okay, well, I think that concludes this week's short voicemail segment. We'll have some more in the near future, but we want to remind everyone that if you have a voicemail, do call in. Just dial one two one eight twenty magic in the United States, and we'll give you the other numbers in a few. That pretty much does it for this week's episode of MuggleCast. I think it's a shorter show than uh, some that we've had recently, but last week's was an hour and a half, so we're all talked out. Uh, but of course, we'll be back next week with more. We're happy to say that Mikey is probably going to become more of a regular <laughs> on the show. Well, actually, that, that was in direct response to the Facebook petition to make yes, Mikey. Yes, uh, the Facebook. Yeah, the, yeah. The Facebook that we all got and drove us over the edge. Or actually, maybe we realized ourselves that Mikey's a decent host, and yeah. Even though you've never hosted with him yet. But yeah, he, he's a good host, and a lot of people like him. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be on more often. Um, but actually, let's spend a minute here uh, talking about the show. I just actually, I just wanted to say that we like getting everyone's feedback about the show. So if you have anything to say, if you have a complaint, something you don't like, but you've never voiced your opinion about it, feel free to email us, mugglecast at staff.mugglenut.com. It, uh, it'll get to all of us and we want to we want to make the show as the best it can be and you know if you guys have a problem with it and you're not telling us and you know we're just going to keep doing it so if you hate how I'm always you know hey welcome to the book guys well uh, then tell me and I'll be all mellow and boring but or if you don't like <laughs> Mr. Rock or if you don't like Ben or you don't like Laura or Kevin well, well I mean nobody likes Kevin oh, <laughs> he's lot. still on here but <laughs> just kidding Kevin I'm sorry I'm completely kidding. Side note: Do you ever get do you ever get emails from people like who directly email you telling you that they hate you? I have actually. No, yeah. or, I, I've gotten. Like, I've gotten. I haven't gotten many, but you do get a couple from time to time. Yeah. I think they go along the same lines as "I hate your guts." Get off the show. I don't want to hear yeah. you again. Yeah. I got a an a MySpace thing from this girl a message and it was like all caps and it was like you ruined MuggleCast <laughs> and she was like I'm never listening again until you get off the show <laughs> yeah I'm sure they're just jealous I mean I mean I was holding out until Laura was off too but <laughs> I decided to come back this week I'm just kidding okay, now so you're you know. kidding okay yep. <laughs> I was enjoying right, the three weeks Ben was gone 
And if you have good feedback, give us some good feedback. Uh, or if you have a suggestion of like a main discussion to talk about on the show, let us know. You know what we like to talk about here, as, as if you've been listening for a while. So anything, give us any feedback. Uh, again, we continue to get emails saying, don't go after book seven. We're not going to go after book seven. We're going to go after book seven, but it won't be in the immediate uh, vicinity of book seven, I guess you One could week. say. One week. So... One week, yeah. Give it a couple <laughs> weeks. No, no, seriously, we'll be around for a while after book seven, so don't worry about that. Uh, we're all going to be. I will admit, we all will be in college. Well, most of us will. Kevin, you'll still be in college, right? What are you yep. right now? I'm currently a senior in credits, but I have a first five semester year... senior, right? Yeah, I have a five year course plan, so. I'll be here. Oh, okay. For one so more yeah, year, besides besides Micah, we're all going to be in college. So, admittedly, Actually, it will be going harder. Back. Is he? Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No. Oh, cool. Okay, well then we're all we're screwed all up. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He's not going back. Oh, I spent okay. <laughs> he never went to begin with, so now he's going. No, but no. Uh, admittedly, it will be harder. It might be harder to schedule the shows. I mean. On one hand, we might have more free time. On the other hand, we might be involved in extracurricular activities. So who knows? Uh, but we'll keep doing it for as long as possible. Uh, so with that said, Ben wants the P.O. Box if people want to send us some parcel mail. P.O. Box 223, Moundridge, Kansas, 67107. For voicemail questions, as I mentioned earlier, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic if you're in the United States. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-8144-0677. If you're in Australia, you can dial 028003-5668. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast to leave us a message directly. Just remember, whether it's by phone or Skype, keep your message under... 30 seconds and try to eliminate as much background noise as possible. You can also go to MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form where you can contact any of us or use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com And don't forget all of our uh, community outlets, MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, we got Frapper, Last.fm, Famously Forums, of course Dig, Dig Podcast Alley, and Yahoo Podcasts. Uh, so... I think that just about does it for this week's show. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. And I'm Laura Thompson. We'll see everyone next week for episode 70. Oh my god, guys. Two sevens. 77. Oh, must amazing. mean something. Yep. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.